Hey there, guys and gals, Hepcats, cool kittens, friends and foes. Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box, my brand new podcast here on YouTube and Facebook. And I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pika. You can call me Johnny. And um, what is Back of the Cereal Box? Well, this is a brand new podcast where... We get together, you and I, and we talk about cool geek pop culture over a big bowl of cereal. And this morning, we're going to be eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch, in my opinion, the greatest breakfast cereal ever made. And who am I? Well, you see it on the screen. I am the prophet of pop culture. Now, that is a nickname that was given to me when I was the host and producer of Tales from the Geek on ComicsPriceGuide.com. I did 117 consecutive episodes of that show with D. Barty and Jesse Lee and um, Justin Smith. And um, because my predictions about pop culture came true so often, they gave me that, uh, that title, that label, and um, I'm sticking to it. So, um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, we're going to talk about uh, stuff I've discovered this week, stuff that I've gotten turned on to this week, and um, we'll do some movie reviews and some TV reviews and even talk about comics and toys, and then we'll talk with you guys. We're interactive, so you can actually post comments, and I'll respond, and if you would like to be a surprise co-host, a guest on air, uh, post a comment and um, maybe we can make that happen. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I believe this is the best cereal ever invented. Now, I didn't have this as a kid. This is Saturday morning and they have Cinnamon Toast Crunch on when I was a kid, but every Saturday morning, we would sit at the breakfast table, or actually <laughs> on the couch in the living room, eating our cereal, watching Saturday morning cartoons. And, you know, we don't have Saturday morning cartoons like we used to when I was a kid. Um, now we have Netflix and Hulu and Disney Channel and, and you know, Cartoon Channel, Cartoon Network, Boomerang. All of that. So we don't have that must-see appointment TV on Saturday morning anymore. I kind of miss that. Don't you guys? And do you remember when we were kids, before the Internet, before we had iPhones and iPads, our iPhone... our iPhones, our iPads, instead of staring into a screen, was the back of the cereal box. You guys remember <clears throat> on the back of the cereal box when we were kids, it had games and stories and riddles and puzzles. Post cereals even had records. And I'm trying to track down some of those back of the cereal box records because I had those when I was a kid. Did you? Um I remember, I 
I want to say my first time I ever heard ABBA was on a record that came on the back of a cereal box. I could be wrong about that, but I'm going to do some research. So this morning, um, we're going to be watching after the show. Uh, me and the family are going to sit down with the new relaunch of Animaniacs. My children have never seen Animaniacs. And we're going to sit down this morning over a bowl of cereal and breakfast and watch Animaniacs. Have you guys seen Animaniacs yet? The new Animaniacs? It just launched yesterday on uh, Hulu. We're so excited. And um, so we're going to do that. Now, besides leaving comments, you can also tip your host. PayPal at johnnydelarocca dot or at yahoo.com. Johnny Delarocca is my nickname, my character name given to me by a producer, and uh, it became a character that I uh, performed. So let's talk movies. We're going to talk about stuff that I discovered this week. This like show. This show is about my weekly discoveries. Um. And I didn't have a chance to get the graphic, but there's a movie called Jingle Jangle with uh, Keenan Peel or Key, Key, not Peel. Um, the Key of Key, Key and Peel, or Peel and Key, whatever. And Forrest Whitaker, and it's a musical, and it's a musical that feels like. You know, your favorite old blanket that you like to wrap up in? Because it borrows from Wizard of Oz. It borrows from Willy Wonka. It borrows from um, uh, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. It um, it borrows from uh, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. It <clears throat> borrows from The Greatest Showman. It borrows from Hamilton. It borrows from Mary Poppins. I mean, it's got all those feelings that you, it hits all of those trope notes. Okay. And um, that, that it's, it's one of those movies that you, you just love because it feels so familiar and it is a musical and it's got a very uh, greatest showman meets Hamilton feeling. It's set in Edwardian era Bright colors, which I love. You know, it's kind of Crayola cover, colors. And I love that. I'm also drinking this morning ice water, kiwi strawberry. So uh, I see some viewers in. Guys, please uh, post a comment. Let me know you're here because um, we're using StreamYard, and it doesn't always tell me who is watching. So if you're watching, post a comment. Let me know. Uh, feel free to uh, ask a question, too. So, got to talk about the big piece this week. I'm talking about The Mandalorian. So, this is a graphic from Mandalorian Chapter 11, but this week we had Chapter 12, 
And I'm just going to give you my two-minute thoughts about Mandalorian Chapter 12. First of all, last week, Chapter 11, seeing Bo-Katan from the Clone Wars was epic. This week, Mando goes back to Navarro. <clears throat> Din Djarin goes back to Navarro and hooks up with Kreef Karga and Cara Dune. And can I just say that Cara Dune is absolutely badass and super hot. Um, the actress that plays her, Gina uh, Carafano, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, she's She's gotten... She, she's gained a little bit of weight um, since season one. She's gotten a little bit bigger. Um, she's definitely gained some mass in her arms. Um, but at the same time, she's gained more femininity. Um, it's, it's really strange. She's gotten stronger and tougher and bigger. But at the same time, she's much more feminine. And I love that. Um, I'm, I'm in love with Cara Dune. Car and this episode, without giving you a spoiler, there is a revolution or a revelation, rather, about Cara Dune at the end of the episode that really makes you fall in love with her. One of the problems I had, and I was talking with Jason Swank, the host of Rebel Force Radio, on text last night. Jason and I are old friends. And really, Cara Dune is a strong female character done right. Because we, we, not only is she just badass, but with this episode especially, there's an instant connection with her that makes us care about her with this revelation at the end of the episode. And this is a problem that the sequels have had, especially with Ray. There was no reason for me to care about the character of Ray. Now, I liked her a lot because, look, I'm a fan of strong female characters. I really am. Um, you know, over here on my bookshelf, uh, Star Wars Black Series, Hera from Rebels. Um, I'm hunting down Ahsoka and Sabine Wren. Uh, out of this new series, the Rebels characters, you know, I saw Kanan Jarrus the other day. I saw Zeb. I'm really not interested in them. I'm only interested in the female characters. I've got Rey up here. I've got Leia. I've got, I didn't realize, I've got two Darth Vaders. Two Black Series Vaders. That's interesting. Anyway, um, I'm interested in the strong female characters. And this episode just made me love Cara Dune in a way that made me forget that I even want to see Mara Jade on this show. Next week. Episode next week, we'll see, hopefully, Sabine Wren 
with Ahsoka. We will see Ahsoka next week. Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka. I'm super excited about that. What do you guys think about Mandalorian Season 2 so far? Uh, Post your comments. Let's talk about it. Uh, Because this show is all interactive with you. And I want to remind you that this is our first official episode. And if you like what you see, make sure you tip me, johnnydelarocca at yahoo.com. That money just goes to making the show better. And I realized I didn't even turn on the studio lights this morning. This is all natural light from my window. It looks pretty good, though. Um, If you like this look, let me know. All right. So next on the agenda, we've we've got our cinnamon toast crunch. We've got our milk. We uh, we're, we we've talked about Mandalorian. I need to show you what I found this week. I'm so excited. So two things. Uh, Great Escape. I found all five episodes of Smoke and Mirrors. Now, this is a comic book series that was published by um, a magician friend, John Armstrong. And uh, he actually was here in Nashville uh, last year at House of Cards. Uh, I got to, uh, he was on stage. I was doing close up. But um, this was a hard series to find when it came out in comic shops. It's from IDW. Uh, came out, I want to say, maybe five, six years ago now. It's been a while. Uh, and I've never read it. I found the complete series. Now, I was super excited to find this right beside it. And that is all six episodes of High Roads. I have the first ep- uh, first issue. And it's a World War II pulp action adventure. Um, with, uh, with a Japanese samurai a mini Hitler, and, um, you know, uh, Nazi android zombies, a uh, Captain America-style hero, and, of course, a blonde bombshell. Um, I read the first uh, first issue. I want to keep saying episode. I read the first issue and was hooked and uh, could never find the other five issues because it was from, a, it's from an indie creator called cliffhanger and um i found it yesterday yesterday i'm so excited about it and uh super super stoked um let's talk about brand new comics for a minute there's only two that i really uh read this week my my list of new comics keeps getting smaller and smaller um avengers uh you guys know Star Wars movies and Avengers comics made me who I am today. And Avengers number 38, um, it is kind of a reset issue. It's a transition issue between Age of Conchu and um, Age of Phoenix, which starts next uh, next week, I think, that issue comes out. Uh, great interaction between Moon Knight and the Black Panther. And um, he actually offers, you know, Moon Knight to rejoin the Avengers after the events of Age of Conchu. And, and he turns them down. And I, you know, I really wish he had accepted. Um, 
the uh, artwork on this has you know been criticized by a lot of people. Um, it's uh, Mark Morales and Jason Keith, but I really love kind of this bold, uh, you know, just big bold, almost kind of. I don't want to say blocky, but just strong uh, art style. Nice surprise was a guest appearance by Iron Fist and Doctor Strange, along with Ghost Rider. Uh, it's it's not this issue that has a bunch of action. It's resetting the table. Um, but there's some good character moments in there. Um, finally, the final issue of Moonshine, as a diesel punk uh, fanatic, I love this series. It's about bootleggers and moonshiners during Prohibition who also happen to be werewolves. And uh, according to the last page, this is the end of the series. It ends volume four, um, which is called The Angel's Share. Now, I, you know, I don't feel like it should be the end. I don't feel like there was really any resolution. But this is a great, great book. Uh, Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Risi. If you've been watching or listening to any of my podcasts for any length of time, you know I've been a big fan of this series. I've got the individual issues and the trade paperbacks right here because I loved it that much. All right, so speaking of Moon Knight, were we? Yes, we were. He was in Avengers 38. Um, found this this week. Walgreens exclusive, um, the all-white Moon Knight, and it comes with the alternate um, black mask hood. Now, I already have a Moon Knight figure up with my Avengers, but I don't have the I have the the black and white. Um, this costume uh, right here, I have that figure, but when I saw the uh, the all-white, I had to grab it. I had to grab it. As a Moon Knight fan, I love Moon Knight. And um, uh, we're going to talk more about him in a minute. Uh, and then I found this at Ollie's. Five bucks at Ollie's. Do you guys have an Ollie's in your town? If you do, it's a place to really find some uh, hidden treasures. Mm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Two-pack, Luke Cage, and Claire Temple. Can you see that? So this was interesting. Um, Claire Temple comes with Tiger Claws. And if you'll remember, I think it was in Defenders. She grabbed them off the wall, or maybe it was Luke Cage Season 2. I forget. But... There's a piece of promotional artwork here that shows her with them. And what is interesting about this is there were rumors that they were going to make Claire Temple White Tiger. And this promotional artwork seems to indicate, and this figure seems to indicate, that that was the plan. Um, I never saw this in big box retail. Found it at Ollie's for five bucks. How cool is that? I love it. I love it. So, uh, hey, guys, post your comments down below. 
and um, let me know what you think. Hey, we got a sponsor of the show. I need to uh, run this commercial. Um, and uh, we are sponsored by the League of Impossibilists. Here you go. is that check out more at patreon.com slash impossibilists you can read our weekly webcomic there uh we've been kind of on hold the last couple of weeks because i was i was like almost killed by covid uh but i'm back to uh to uh working on it and uh installment number 15 will drop this week i know i said that on our pilot but uh it's true this week. So check that out at uh, patreon.com. Now, um, if you're interested, you know, I show the things that I've discovered this week uh, at shops and whatnot. And we'll start, but you want me to review a, a comic, a game. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. <coughs> COVID cough. <coughs> For those of you who don't know, I did have COVID-19, and it's been six, maybe seven weeks ago, and it's still uh, leaving some residual uh, problems, mostly a cough. But um, So uh, if you have a product or a project that you want to uh, have me review, uh, you can contact me. Uh, let me put up my email address right here. At John Pica, johnpica.com. And we'll talk about how to do that. All right. So, um, so I'm going to put this back up. If you'd like to join me on air as a surprise guest host, here's the address. You can uh, join me here on camera. Uh, but we're going to talk about my top five favorite Avengers. And these are not going to be the, the big marquee Avengers. And some of them actually, uh, there were some characters that just barely didn't make the top five list. They're definitely in the top ten. Like Hank Pym, um, I struggled with this. I wanted him to be on the top five, but he just, uh, the way they've, done the character here recently, just dropped him off. So these, these five characters may seem like an, <laughs> an odd assemblage, 
But uh, these are my favorite Avengers. First, <clears throat> Mockingbird. She first appeared in Marvel Team Up. Uh, what is that? Number 95, I think. That's what it looks like to me. Um, Bobby Morse, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., brilliant uh, biologist, um, Olympic-level athlete, super spy, and um, this is kind of how she's evolved over the years. Uh, when we first met her in Marvel Team-Up, she had this outfit, and uh, that's what she wore when she got married to Hawkeye in his limited series. Then in the middle, it's the uh, West Coast Avengers outfit, and uh, over to the far right is one of her latest iterations. Um, I, I just I love her because she uh, is, you know, kind of uh, on par as a biologist with Hank Pym. So she's kind of Hank Pym and Black Widow rolled into one with a dash of Captain America, and and I say that because or Captain America and the Falcon, um, because in the new Avengers under Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Bobby was injured severely. And um, she uh, was given a cocktail of the super soldier serum and the infinity formula, which is what keeps Nick Fury young. So she basically became an immortal super soldier. And, um, the writers at Marvel haven't really, you know, in my opinion, they haven't done justice to that storyline yet. And uh, I really hope that it gets picked back up and, and in some of the other books that they explore Mockingbird. She's been given a pair of uh, wings by uh, Peter Parker that are very much like uh, the Falcons. So, you know, she, she flies, she's, a master hand-to-hand -hand combatant. She's got the skills, speed, strength of Captain America, um, and she's a brilliant geneticist. Uh, number two, and I actually these are in no particular particular order, is Hercules. Hercules. I've even got uh, Mockingbird and Hercules figures on my uh, bookshelf behind me. Um, and actually, I think all of these characters I've got the figures for. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I should I should maybe pull them down. Um, Hercules is um, a character who I really feel like um, has a lot of missed potential. But in the latest series that they did, um, his solo series, they really, really did a great job on his character development. They updated his, you know, his design with a more modern, but still honoring the um, the warrior spirit of him. Uh, they've got a new mace for him, uh, this great big broadsword. And this is the Marvel Legends figure, but it's an accurate translation from the comic series the comic version. And there's always been something about Hercules that I have just always, always loved. And um, so I, I've, you know, got all of his mini series, his social, social, his solo series when he replaced the Hulk 
and uh, more recently his uh, solo series where they really uh, changed up his character and made him, you know, more self-aware of his shortcomings in the past. Uh, He's got uh, level 100 strength, which means he's as strong as the Hulk and Thor. He's immortal um, and um, a brilliant uh, hand-to-hand combatant and uh, strategic leader. All right, so we talked about him a moment ago. Moon Knight, I love this guy. Mark Spector, uh, Stephen Grant, um, Jake, uh, well, why is his other identity? He's basically got four personalities, four identities, and Moon Knight is just one of the four. And depending on how you read uh, his series, especially the um, series that was kicked off by uh, Warren Ellis and then... um, extrapolated on by um oh i hate that i can't remember his name because he did such a great job of um writing the uh the psychological aspects of moon knight this is going to come back if you guys can think of the writer who finished up his series uh post it i i hate that i can't remember it but um Moon Knight, the fish, Fist of Khonshu. And I first became exposed to Moon Knight in a Marvel team-up issue where Moon Knight teamed up with Spider-Man, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Power Man to fight the Purple Man and uh, just loved it, loved it. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people say he's just... Marvel's version of Batman. He's so much more complex than Batman. Um, He's got, depending on how you read him, he's got the powers of the god of the of the night, uh, the Egyptian god of the moon, Khonshu, and um, very cool character. And those three, Mockingbird, Hercules, and Moon Knight together, would be an impressive team. Now, if I were <clears throat> building a team with those three, I would add um, Hellcat and Dr. Voodoo, maybe Iron Fist for to round it out to six um, as kind of an ideal super team. Um, but I need to talk about another favorite in my top five. And look, these five would make an awesome team, um, especially with Hercules and She-Hulk. I'm pretty, well, we know for a fact in She-Hulk solo series that Dan Slott wrote that She-Hulk and Hercules had a tryst. Um, So there's that. Uh, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, you know, I've just always loved her. And when Roger Stern made her an Avenger in the 80s, it was just, um, she became, I I fell in love with her. And he, you know, he explored the relationship between her and Hawkeye. Um, She and Captain America would uh, go on missions together quite a bit. They worked super well together. And I'm pretty sure that 
Steve and Jennifer probably hooked up on more than one occasion. People don't talk about this, but Steve kind of got a, gets around. I'm pretty sure he's had affairs with Natasha, the Black Widow, the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, um, Janet Van Dyne for sure. And Cersei, and I'm I'm positive She-Hulk is is one of his girlfriends as well. But uh, I just love everything about her, her personality, her attitude, her glamour, um, the way John Byrne wrote her in Sensational She-Hulk. She's the ultimate team player. She's great on teams. Um, she was in the Fantastic Four in the Avengers. She's currently a member of the active roster of Avengers, and apparently they've done something to bring Jennifer Walters' personality back. But, of course, like so much of Jaren, Jason Aaron's writing on the Avengers, we don't see any of that in the issue. They talk about it, but it happens off panel. It drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. Um, and then my all-time favorite Avenger. It's not who you think. You might think it's Captain America. I love Captain America. Maybe Captain America is probably my all-time favorite Marvel character. Um, that's why there's so much Captain America stuff in my office. But actually, my all-time favorite Avenger character is Monica Rambo, Captain Marvel, Photon, Pulsar, Spectrum, whatever they're calling her today. I just call her now Monica Rambo. But for me, she was my Captain Marvel. And, you know, she was an uh, African-American woman, super overpowered, to be honest with you. They, they wrote her out of the Avengers because they had a hard time finding foes that, you know, were a challenge for her. Because... This Captain Marvel controls all of the energy, not just controls, but can become any energy in the electromagnetic spectrum from gamma rays to X-rays to visible light. She can even control other energies on the fringes of the electromagnetic spectrum, like magnetism. She's gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Magneto and, um, you know, you know, controlled or negated her power, his powers. So um, she's a brilliant leader. Um, she was uh, leader of the Avengers for a short time. Then she was the leader of Agents of Hate. <laughs> um, and then uh, she was kind of co-leader with Luke Cage of the Mighty Avengers. And... Um, now um, she's part of Blade's Strike Force, which is kind of an odd place for her to be. I'm ready for her to come back to the pages of the Avengers. And what <clears throat> Jason Aaron's is writing is a perfect fit for her. She would fit right in with the current Avengers roster and current storylines. So that's it, guys. My top five favorite Avengers. And this changes from time to time, but... Mockingbird, Hercules, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau. I would love to know who your favorite Avengers are, so comment down below 
and let me know. Um, we got a few viewers. Uh, post a comment. Let me know who you are. Uh, it doesn't show me up here who's watching, just that you are. Um, and uh, I would love to interact with you. This is an interactive show, so uh, post your comments, and we'll uh, we'll chat back and forth. If you want to be on the broadcast, right here is the address. You can type that in and join me live on air. How cool is that? Um, all right, so uh, viewer comments, leave some comments. Otherwise, this is a really short show. Um, don't forget, tip your host, PayPal, at johnnydelarocca at yahoo.com. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Hate that I got that cough hanging on. You know, um, I guess I'll share with you guys. So COVID has completely reordered my priorities. You know, I, I came close and I'm still dealing with after effects. You know, I've got blood clots in my lungs, still having trouble breathing sometimes, getting dizzy, having vertigo. Um, and this is seven weeks later and I'm on medication for it, uh, blood thinners and, you know, steroids and the whole nine yards. Um but, you know, I was in bed for 15 days and then developed blood clots that could have killed me. And, you know, after spending a weekend in the hospital, you know, I really reordered a lot of my priorities. You know, I, I thought about my 30-year career as an entertainer, you know, magician, singer, actor, storyteller, um, and how much I've missed with friends and family. Because I'm always doing a show. I've always got a rehearsal to go to. I've always got a trip to go on. And, you know, I just kind of came to this place where <clears throat> I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. I don't care if I ever get in front of an audience right now. That may change down the road. But right now, all I want to do is travel, eat good food, spend time with friends, play games, watch cartoons. Um, you know, do podcasts as a creative outlet, but I have no desire to perform on stage ever again. And I'm, I'm still doing ghost tours, but not for much longer. Once I get some new tour guides trained, I'm going to step back. Um, I just, I just don't have that desire anymore. And for some of you, that's a real shock because being on stage was like a drug for me. It was, uh, you know, my like my purpose to uh, bring joy to audiences, to make people laugh, cry, and sit at the edge of their seats. And I just don't have that desire anymore. Um, so uh, you'll see a lot less of me live. Um, I was supposed to be at a comic book convention today. I may go. I may not. I'm not going to set up. I'm not going to be vending all day. I normally was, um, but I just, I don't, I don't want to do it. You know, I've been dealing with vertigo this week, so I'd rather stay at home, watch Animaniacs with the kids, and uh, just kind of take it easy today. I have a tour tonight that um, I'm supervising, a new tour guide. Hopefully I can cut her loose. <clears throat> and... Um, I just have no desire to perform live anymore. Not magic, not music. I have no desire to be on stage. Um, 
And, you know, that's, that's what a near-death experience, I guess, does. It kind of reorders your priorities. So, um, anyway, you know, I've got upcoming projects. Um, still, I'm, I'm working on uh, the Impossibilists at patreon.com slash Impossibilists. Uh, we'll run that commercial again before we leave because I'm proud of it. Um, and uh, Tales of the Decoverse, my book series, that's coming out uh, hopefully next month, my birthday month, December 1st. And um, um, you can, you know, you can catch those. Um, and of course, this podcast and the Diesel Punk podcast, you know, I'm going to continue to do that. But um you know, just really focusing on writing art and digital broadcasting. So uh, anyway, um, we don't have any viewer comments. We've had a few viewers, but uh, no comments. And that's okay. It's early Saturday morning. Um, I'd love to know what you guys thought about Mandalorian Chapter 12 or what you think about the series in general. I, I will say that Dave Filoni and John Favreau, uh, are doing an amazing job. The show is so Star Wars it hurts. Um, chapter twelve had you know a speeder bike race in it. Nothing gets more Star Wars than speeder bike races, and um, I really feel like they're making their vision of what fans wanted in the sequel trilogy. Um, so you know a lot of fans might be regarding the Mandalorian as the Star Wars sequels. I kind of am. So anyway, um, well, guys and gals, um, since we don't have any comments, I'm going to go ahead and call it at uh, 845. Again, if you want your product or project to be reviewed, if you want me to talk about your comic series or your game or, you know, or their toys that you uh, think are cool or movies that you think I should see, other TV shows, um, last week on the pilot, we talked about Queen's Gambit. Uh, send me an email. Uh, let me know. If you got a product that you want to advertise, um, you know, I'd love to talk to you about that. Speaking of advertisement, we do have a sponsor. Our sponsor this week is the League of Impossibleists. <laughs> guys and gals that is it for uh this episode of back of the cereal box thanks for joining me and uh sharing a big bowl of cinnamon toast crunch um 
Tune in next week for your dose of weekly geek pop culture. And uh, remember, this show is better when you interact. So uh, make sure you post comments and um, share this with your friends on YouTube or Facebook. And, um, uh, you know, tell people to come join the fun. So uh, I'm going to sign out. And until the next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. You're welcome.